Grand Pass. Well, Grand Pass, you enjoy that. I am the Flash. Welcome. I'm sober. Welcome to the Rugby Pop Podcast live here at the Walkabout in Temple. I'm your host, Andy Rowan. As usual, I'm joined by Jim, the melted wheelie bin Hamilton, and Andy, the belly monster good, and uh, Simon Shaw, Wasps legend, Toulon legend, uh, British and Irish Lions. Thank you very much for coming along. You're absolutely welcome. It's great to be here. It's nice that you had to look down at your, your sheet. To <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering where the nickname is. So we've got, we've got the wheelie bin, melted wheelie bin, the belly monster. So you've lost weight. So I've lost weight, but basically I've been having blood tests the past few weeks. Uh, and only last week I found out that I'm actually, I've got a disease. Shit the bed. I'm telling you now, serious as well. So like, I've had a number of kind of symptoms. So... The biggest one being, so in the lead up, so a little bit serious, then we can laugh about it after. So in the lead up to the Wasps game, uh, where I had a, uh, I, played, I was so shit, and this is the excuse that I make. Hang on, let me talk. <laughs> okay. So I was born. What was the score? Um, it was close. Uh, no, it wasn't. When I came off, it was close. Um, so I was a little bit ill in that game, but I had to come off in the game. Managed to fight through to the Champions Cup final, where I played a blinder of two minutes. So then, then my kind of life changed. So I, I went out on the piss after. And I felt awful the next day, shortly. I, cl I couldn't lift my head up at all to get up. My missus thought I had alcohol poisoning, was pretty pissed off. Um, so I thought it was as well. I went along with that. And so gradually I've been getting worse and worse. I've been for a few blood tests. And then only last week it came back that I've got a disease called Graves' disease. Can you believe, believe it or not? So the, 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 the stuff that, that is, so weight loss, excess sweating, which I have been, and like the tremors as well. So there's my hand shaking. And so my voice sounds like it's hoarse as well. So... They, seriously, they were worried that I had a tumour on my throat, but it turns out now it's quite. This is quite funny because I think my nan's got the same. It's an overactive thyroid. Wow. Yeah. So any other man? Have, have, have you noticed there's no sympathy at all from the audience? Here? You could do with an overactive. Thyroid. Well, yeah, I could I, I could. I could. I <laughs> could. See, this is the thing. This is the thing. What happens when you retire? Most people lose their hair and put on weight. Obviously, I managed to put on weight, but I grow my hair back. Jim, on the other hand. He's got ill, he's going, but I've got a really good hair surgeon that you can, you know, a bit of from the back to the front. I'm on medication now, <laughs> so it's fine. Hey, uh, so Simon, you, you've been on a, a Lions tour. Um, so, I mean, would you like to tell these boys what it's like? You've read your notes again. He's read his notes. Um, yeah, no, I've been on three tours, uh, lucky enough. Uh, blessed, in fact. They're fantastic things to be a part of. Amazing, in fact. Um, but what was, what was the reason you didn't go on any tours? Uh, I was shit. You were shit, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was on standby in 2005, the one you didn't go on. No, you did no, go, did on, go yeah, on Yeah, you did, yeah. yeah. How was that tour? It, it was, was that bad I was on standby, but how was, was that tour awful. for you? It was awful. It was fucking awful. Apart from, um, I did have one particularly good run um, against, um, I, I can't even remember the name of the team. Um, they yeah, were so crap. Um, but I, I made this run from the kickoff. Almost scored, literally got stopped two yards short, and then Neil back picked the ball up and scored. I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember that? No. Very famous oh, footage. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't on the top ten uh, tries of all time for the Lions. But um, after that, um, obviously all the guys give you a pat on the back and congratulate you on fantastic performance as they do whatever you do really on the pitch because you want to keep morale up. 
and uh, and everyone was slapping on the back. Oh, that could have been the best try ever in a Lions show. It was it was amazing that that run, incredible. And you you kind of think, oh, that's fantastic. And then you get start getting the text from home, and the text came in. It's like you look like a fucking demented giraffe. Uh, we're we're going to move to a game uh, that most of you, if you've listened to the podcast, will probably be familiar with. It's called Tweet Roulette. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to play a game called 10 Questions. I've got a player in my mind, uh, Gertie and Jim. I'm going to let you sit this one out. You don't want to play this. You don't want to play this. Uh, I've got a player in my mind. You guys get 10 yes and no questions. If I say yes, you get another question. Um, whoever gets it right gets to take the other person's phone and tweet whatever they like. Can we just talk about your Twitter this week, Goody? You've turned into a politician now, haven't you? It's yeah. Why? How? It's an opinion. It's an opinion, James. So we were just talking about this, sat here right now, and then Goody was like, oh, yeah, I've been messaging. What's his name? Farange? Farage? Farage. <laughs> so, so and, he, and he said that he would read them out. You, you said you'd read a couple of messages out. So you've been direct messaging... No, we had, a, we had a, ch a chat about Diane Abbott and you went, who the fuck's that? So that's... Yeah, um, exactly. And my mum taught you, that's not good, is it, for education? No, she wasn't good, no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> sorry, Mr. <laughs> you have to apologise to my mum every oh, week, don't you? It was bad. So can you... Um, so is that true? You, you've been messaging Farage? Uh, yeah, Nigel's... He's a follower of the pod. It's like all these people just okay. following the pod. Can I, can I read a couple of the messages? No, you can't. Please. Let's carry on. Let's move along. Please. If Move I on. win, can I read one? Yeah, you can. Okay. A couple. Right. <laughs> We're not reading any? No, no. That's, that's what he wants to do to win the prize. Okay, all right. So you guys get to ask a question. So uh, paper, scissors, rock. Best of one to get who answers the, ask the first question. I always go scissors, by the way. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Tried to do him. All right, Jim. Okay. Can I ask the question? Can I ask the question or do I have to get the question right? So if I so oh for example, <laughs> so for how example, simple are you? So, yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't under, I don't understand your question. You ask a question, James, and he answers yes or no. Okay. And if you get it right, okay. you ask another question. Right. Is this player a man? <laughs> yes. Is this player retired? Yes. It's you. It's you. It can't be me, can it? I'm here. <laughs> Is this ex-player from the Northern Hemisphere? No. It's obviously going to be a Kiwi. He's a fucking Kiwi, isn't he? Um, is he a forward? No. Oh. Is he a back? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Come on, Jimmy. Uh, not, uh, yeah, okay, um, going with the theme of things, did he play for New Zealand? Yes. Okay, now, a good game's a quick game. Come on. Uh, <laughs> is he of Ireland descent? Yes. This is bullshit. He stitched me up here. I'll tell you, he hasn't, mate. <laughs> on, on my Graves disease, he hasn't, mate. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Tana Umunga. Anyone agree? Hey, easy. That you saw written on his bit of paper. It's Tano Manga. Yeah, well done. <laughs> so, 
Fuck me, it's going to be a long Good. 10 days with you boys in New Zealand, isn't it? What's your pin code? I'm not telling you that. It's as far up that little bit of political dynamite you've got there. So you have to excuse my reading. A lot of my uh, work was done in maths with Miss Good. <laughs> what are you after? Uh, extracurriculum. Yeah, she did. She, she did. She was very good at me. She did say she got you out of bed once. Which is true. Because he was too lazy to get out of bed to go to an exam. True or not? Well, the, the, it was true that she came to my house and oh, got wow, me out of Jim, bed. Oh, wow, Jim, stop so. it! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's his first name? Nigel? Is this working? No, yeah, it is. Ni is it Nigel or Malcolm? Farage. This is brilliant. This is true. <laughs> I'm going to read the first one. Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, my God. Hi, Nigel. <laughs> Thank you for the follow. I'm a big, big fan. Uh, this is bullshit. <laughs> I swear on my Graves disease. Can I mention that? Can I mention that? So listen, that. my partner runs a private members club in Mayfair and we wondered if you'd be interested in doing a talk on leaving the EU. There would be a lot of high in the air. Okay, so that's fine. So here's his reply. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Thanks for your message. Please, can I put you in touch with... Oh, Jesus. With our deputy treasurer, George Cottrell, who arranges these types of things. I have a very busy schedule at the moment, but we'll try and find the time. P.S. I'm hung like a swirl. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, so I'm seeing you've got three messages you've sent him. He's not replied to any of them. Please text back. Thank you. And then Goody's wrote, a great day for our country that you had a huge impact on orchestra... Oh, my word. Congratulations and thank you very much. Thanks, Andy. Sorry for the late reply. Nigel. So you think that'd be the end? Oh, no. No worries, Nigel. Keep up the good work. <laughs> You're making a shit up, are you? Mate, I swear I've got it here. I might even screenshot it. So I'm going to tweet. So I get to tweet now. Oh, that, was, that was the punishment there. No. Was that the punishment? That <laughs> the fans have spoken. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the Lions. Uh, the, the start of the Lions, uh, not the best start uh, unless you're uh, Bryn Gatlin's father. Um, so what do you guys make of that, uh, Simon, first of all? Was that just rust? Was it a fair cop just giving it out as um, a bit of jet lag after three days in New Zealand? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I played in a game... Uh, Literally post-1997 Lions Tour, went finished the last game of the Lions Tour, flew straight to Australia and played a game two days later. And the entire coach was asleep going to the game. Um, you can't underestimate the impact of, of what the jet lag has on you. I think it's, it's pure rust. Um, uh, I played a game, the, first, the opening game in South Africa as well, um, where um, it was, a jet lag, it was at uh, altitude. So um, apparently the best way to deal with altitude is either to play immediately you get off the plane or wait at least eight days until after you've landed. And we played four days in. Um, <laughs> so I was absolutely packed um, and, uh, and had the worst game of my life and felt like death. Um, so no, I think it's, I think we pretty much put it entirely down to jet lag and, and rustiness. I actually don't think it's a bad thing. You know, obviously, um, you know, if you win the first game by 60 points against the, the Bar New Zealand Barbarians, then everyone's piping up saying, we're going to win the Test Series. But ultimately, what it's done has refocused everyone. Um, 
And mainly what it's done is realise that the Scottish boys are shit. What? I'm English. No, I'm not Scottish. <laughs> Heard it live. Jim's English. Um, Stuart Hogg. Everyone talked about him during the Six Nations as the form fullback. He was garbage. Greg, Greg Laidlaw was good. Greg though, Laidlaw just proved. I reckon I could have played scrum half better than him. Mate. There was the yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. There was the biggest hole. He picks up the ball from the ruck. There was the biggest hole that even I could have waddled through. No, you couldn't. And he's passed it on. We've had this debate about Greg Laidlaw. How, how, how can you debate about him passing the ball on when you stood 30 metres deep and just passed or kicked? But, and you were on standby. No limitations, mate. Oh, <laughs> mate. Um, I but good. no, I think... Oh, did you generally think he played well? I genuinely did, yeah. Oh, that shows how much you fucking know about rugby, let me tell you. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say he played well. I would say he didn't play badly. Look at him defend... You that's said a Scottish you, thing. <laughs> that's a Scottish thing. How did you play? Well, I played, yeah, I didn't play bad. Well. <laughs> and you celebrate that. There we go. Um, I, listen, you, you look at some players, and is it too early to talk about players that are, have played themselves out of the test team? Um, I actually think you look at the, the squad selection now for tomorrow, tomorrow's game, but more importantly, the Crusaders game next week. And in reality, you cannot, and Shaws will know this better than anyone, in this day and age, you cannot go Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday with the physicality as, as brutal as it is. So you look at the guys and Gatlin said it himself talking about, has he stitched me? <laughs> he stitched me. Was that a private message? It was a private message. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> we... Anyway, um, going back to the Lions, we'll, we'll do it later. Yeah, we'll talk about um, it later. What's really interesting for me, look at the selection for tomorrow, but then Gatlin said everyone will start one of the first three games. So you look at the guys that haven't started the game yet and you look at the guys that will therefore start against the Crusaders, which ultimately the Crusaders are unbeaten in 14 games, is it? Yeah, 14 games on the trot. Um, super touch, so it's a bit different. But um, <laughs> you look at the back line of the, the players that haven't started a game yet. You've got Connor Murray at nine, Owen Farrell at 10, Jonathan Davis in the centres, George North and Liam Williams. For me, they're five definite starters in the test team. So he's already trying to generate a test backline by playing against the Crusaders next week. And, I, you know, Laidlaw was garbage. Um, Stuart Hogg played himself potentially out of the test. And the big talking point was Johnny Sexton's form because a lot of people were talking about that Sexton-Farrell battle. Do you move Farrell to 12? I thought Ben Teo played really well. Um, I thought Sexton had an average game. Um, and then you start looking at Gatlin, what he said after the game. He thought Teo stood up really well and off the back of that. There's a chance that T.O. might start the tests. Has Sexton done his uh, test chances any good with that performance? I wouldn't say he's done them any good because he didn't have a good game, did he? What I think ultimately what it's going to come down to, and, and Gatlin said this before the tour when he's named the squad, he's talked about they're both selected as 10, so he'll pick the best 10 and look for a centre, which he, I think he wants to pick T.O. for his size, his physicality. So I think Farrell's in the box seat now. Um, and generally, I think Farrell's a better 10. Um, his goal kicking is phenomenal. His management of a game. And Jim knows it better than anyone from watching from the sides when Farrell's playing for Saracens. Um, how good a player Hang he is. On. I watched him too. We, we've not talked about this, Goody, so you keep giving me shit. But this was presented to me, player of the season from Saracens, 2016-17. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So you meant, played alongside, you meant... So hold on. So you've bought this trophy... <laughs> that you said was presented to you 
as Saracens player of the season. Know the names. That's like you've gone down to the Mickey Mouse shop and bought something and gone yourself and said, I was player of the season. No, no. Shorty, that doesn't uh, even look real, real, does deal. it? Shorty, <laughs> Shorty, what are you laughing at? What are you laughing at, Shorty? Mate, it does. It's interesting you're holding that, Shorty, because you know the coach, Mark McCall, likened me to a modern, better uh, Simon Shaw. That's what he said. He told me that every, he said, you know what? He said, what? She likes it. She agrees. You agree? You agree, I think. But yeah, that's out there. So I did play with, with Farrell a lot. Once, for two minutes. But he is a very good player. Can I say that? Seriously? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, very good player. He, he, I think he'll be the starting 10 now. Not Saracen's player of the year, but he's, he's a good player nonetheless. He's up there. He's up there with me. Yeah, with us. You know, us greats of the Saracen's team. Simon, so can I just ask you a question? We've, we've talked a lot about, we've heard a lot of talk from Warren Gatlin, rather, about how he wants to involve everyone. He doesn't want to lose the team like Graham Henry did early on by uh, making the team see, the squad see that there's a starting squad and all the rest make it up. Uh, was that the case for you in, in, your, in your tours with the Lions? And, and can he stop that? Because sooner or later, he's going to have to start training in his combinations, isn't he? Yeah, um, interesting that enough the, the tools that went well 97 and 2009 that wasn't apparent from the start obviously you knew that there was some shoe-ins but generally you, everyone was playing for the places um in 2005 it's, it's pretty bloody obvious having a test match against Ar argentina and, and selecting a side that that most journalists would probably choose as the, as the starting test match side it was evident from the start who Clive Woodward won in, in his side. Um, and that created a very different atmosphere on tour, um, which was shit. Uh. <laughs> you go back to that tour, you talk about that tour though, and there's the whole divide somewhere in the, one squad in the North Island at times, one squad in the South Island. And I saw an interview from Clive Woodward. He is fucking deluded, isn't he? He's still going on saying he got 2005 right in terms of preparation and from a player that was there, you're just shaking your head. Tell us about that. Well, no, when it, it, what you have to do, obviously, on Lions Tours is to integrate all the nations and make them feel like they, they're much a part of as, as, as everyone is. And, and in that tour, he didn't. He, everything was English-led. It was an English system. It was an English, you know, it was Clive at the helm um, looking at the kind of minutiae of everything. That means the little fractions um hey, goody knows that goody knows what the little fractions are <laughs> um and uh no i just don't think he got the, the the need for for team building and team morale and all that sort of stuff and and we used to joke and you were there um for a number of years in england that we, it was um compulsory fun at, at england sessions you know you got taken to a pub told to have a beer but then as soon as you ordered a lager the eyes were on you and you, you think, oh, we're not really here to have fun it's just a it's pretense and and I think uh, on that tour it was it was it was ill thought out because I mean I didn't know half the squad you know going into week three because we'd not seen each other and uh, and actually the midweek massive as we called ourselves at the time we went unbeaten had a whale of a time but the the, the test you know the Saturday side had, an, had a bloody awful time Right, we're going to go to uh, some questions from the audience. Is Alex McMillan here? No? Yeah, there, there, he is. there he is. There he is. Okay, all right. Uh, other than uh, Sponge Fist Hamilton and Belly Monster Good, who are the best players uh, who never made a Lions tour? Probably going to start with you, Simon, to answer that one. 
shit. Um, my knowledge of rugby is <laughs> minuscule. Um, I don't. I don't remember people's names. I don't. I've got four kids. I don't remember their names. Um, <laughs> uh, there's obviously a lot of players who've got. I mean, there's a couple of players who've got over 100 caps for their countries and never made a Lions tour. So Stringer, Patterson for Scotland, uh, never made a Lions tour. It's um, mate, 100 Lions. Uh, sorry, 100 Scotland caps. Well, no, no, it, it equates like, to about 15 England caps. But or three Italy. It's the same sort of thing. But, no, uh, honestly, don't know. Do you, do you have a thought on that? You mentioned Mike Tyndall. What do you reckon? Oh, Tins. What in, tins in terms yeah. of profile, he'd be, I mean, yeah. he's a good player in, in his prime. Yeah. yeah, but he's You're not, he's not had a good is. history in New Zealand, so he probably wouldn't. <laughs> probably wouldn't, wouldn't be the guy you pick at the moment. Were you there that night when they were dwarf tossing? Or? No, do you know what? It's funny. Yeah. Because, but no, you, I mean, what, you know, we, we all got slagged off, but this is a country that openly promotes dwarf throwing. I mean, it wasn't, we, we didn't start it. Well, that was my next question. How far could you throw a dwarf? A long fucking way, I think. How far could you throw Andy Good? Not, not very far. Not very far. Uh, were either you, or uh, were either of you, any of you, involved in the kidnapping of Leicester Tiger cadet players, and what did you do with them? I was the driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was the driver, but not the instigator. So someone's got some inside knowledge there. Did you hear about that or not? I was there, mate. Oh, you were? I shit myself yeah. when Tom, Tom Young. So the story goes, we broke into, we've talked about this on the pod, but we... we we thought the academy kids were getting above their station. So we hired a white van, um, got a load of balaclavas, went to the academy house. It was planned. It was a big planning session It was all planned, before. yeah. Uh, went to the academy house, and we had one guy on the inside who let us in through the front door, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. We've all gone in, balaclavered up, camoed up, all this stuff, to frighten the fucking living daylights out of these academy players. Basically trying to get them to wind their necks in. Um, Tom Youngs was living in the house at the time. All the academy players shit themselves, dived on the floor, were hiding, saying, oh, take what you want, take what you want. And Dan Cole, Dan Cole was there as well. He yeah. was like shivering on the floor. Coley was a, a little weasel. Tom Youngs started swinging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I shit myself, took my balaclava off. It's me, leave me alone. <laughs> At this point, so as this is happening in the house, I'm the driver in the vehicle out of the front. <laughs> And the neighbours are ringing the police. Within three minutes, the SWAT police have turned up in this small street in Leicester. I'm getting out, hands up in the air. I'm like, it's just a joke, it's just a joke. Get the fuck down, motherfucker! <laughs> and they, anyway, it all got sorted out, but it got leaked to the paper as well. So, yeah, that was... Uh, so basically, don't fuck with Tom Youngs. That, that, so that, that was the moral of the story. What about... Okay, let's go to the rumour mill. Um, a little bit more comfortable for you guys. Uh, have you got any, any rumours, anything going around the traps that you want to let us in on? I saw something. We could just throw a cat amongst the pigeons here. Moriarty to Northampton. Anyone else hear that? Yeah. Okay, so it's not, it's not a great rumour then, which would be interesting. I thought, if anything, he'd go back to Wales. But very good player. It's funnily enough, obviously, it's all based around Louis Piccamore, and we talked about it a few, probably about a month ago. And it's the whole thing, you see it in football a lot, when the players are like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I love this club, I'm here to stay. 
the next day they're on the back pages with holding a different shirt up and signing for the biggest rivals. But yeah, I've done that a few times, Jim. Yeah. Um, there's no London Irish fans in here, are there? That's, that's fine. Um, anyway, congrats to London Irish. They're back in the Premiership. Yes, sir. Hey, They've made some signings. What if, happened? If, if what I happened? Would, if I would have known yeah. that they signed Nanga? Nalanga. Nalanga. If I knew they would have signed him. He hasn't scored a try in the top 14 for about three years, but he's a good player. He's sat about five people down yeah. on the way and offloading out the back door. <laughs> yeah. So that could have been me he was offloading to. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, Jim. No. Um, yeah, so obviously Jim Mander came out the other, about a month ago and said, oh, yeah, Louis Picamol is really happy in Northampton. He loves living here. His family's really settled. Why would he want to go and live on the south coast of France when you've got Northampton? Um, <laughs> Everyone in the know knew that he'd signed for Montpellier. So obviously the whole press angle, he was trying to sell season tickets for next year um, on the back of Louis Picamol still being there. So they've obviously got a massive load of cash now uh, to sign number eight. I think it was something like £900,000 transfer fee for Louis Picamol that Montpellier paid Northampton. Um, so yeah, they're going to they're gonna go after someone. They're talking about Nakarawa as well. Um, the Fijian boy from uh, Racing 92 who plays second row, back row. Um, but Moriarty would be a great signer. I, I don't think Moriarty will leave Gloucester at all. Um, and like Jim said, if he does, he'll go back to, to Wales. But another rumour that's come out, Lee Halfpenny, leaving Toulon, going to Wasps. Oh. Are you happy about that? Fucking good team, Wasps. Are you happy you? about that? Great team, Wasps. Not quite good enough to win the Premiership yet, but um, what a final that was, though. It was a good final. Yeah. When would, uh, had Saracens got to the final and it had gone them. to extra time, when would you have got on in that game? Well, 100 minutes and it was 28 degrees, 27 degrees at Twickenham. Would you have got on? Judging by how soft George Cruz is at the minute, <laughs> I reckon it could have been 60 minutes and I would have been absolutely fucked. I imagine looking at that. I actually thought Wasps, to be honest, I can say it now because I've, I've retired, I thought some of the Wasp players were disgraceful with their body language. I thought... Um, the loose head prop, the Irish boy, what's his name? Tighter prop, Marty Moore. Marty Moore, looking for a way out. He, mate, wa he was fucked. Mate. Yeah, he was. No, as in, he was injured badly. Mate, he wasn't injured badly, he's fine. He, mate, he was... So, anyway, so him, I thought Mile, as well, who's meant to be a, meant to be a fit second row, looking for a way out. For he's, he's a shit bloke anyway, but you carry on. Oh, is he? What's wrong with him? <laughs> what's wrong with him? Carry on. So, Marty... Mar <laughs> <laughs> So I thought Marty Moore, for a guy that's meant to be one of their more high-profile players, which he is in terms of a front row, looking for a way out. I understand that, and I'll go back to my time. I actually got... Uh, uh, Haskell, how bad was he? he mate, it was start, shocking. Mate, he didn't start the game very well, but he improved. He dropped a couple. He's got dildos for hands, hasn't he? We were talking about that before. <laughs> not what interested. I, but what not I'll, interested. I know, what I'll, say, what I'll say about Wasps, and I'm glad we got Shawsy here, because um, I helped Shawsy win... How many Premiership titles are you in? Four? So I helped Shawsy win four Premiership titles, indirectly. Um, I, I was man of the match for Wasps in many of the finals, but I was playing for Leicester, so it worked that one out. I was fucking terrible. But you go back to, you go back to the Premiership final, and Wasps generally had the opportunity to go to uncontested scrums, which Shawsy knows quite a lot about, don't you, from the, the old Wasp days, when Leicester played Wasps. Beep, 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 yeah. <laughs> And you'd take, Painter would be told to get off the field because it was, true or not? Like I said, I can't remember the, my names of my kids. <laughs> you're asking me, to, you're asking me, 
memorise games. What do you mean? Tom French. Yeah. Who hadn't played a premiership game for Wasps. Absolutely yeah. screwed Julian White yeah. in one of our finals. But did you go to uncontested scrubs? No, we didn't. No, we did just you? Screwed, no. You trust me, you did. But what I love, what I loved about, it, what I loved about it is, Die Young after the game said they could have gone to uncontested scrums, but ultimately they didn't. Um, it wasn't within the spirit of the game. They lost the game after losing a, a scrum penalty because Matt Mullen came back on. They shifted Simon McIntyre to tight head. I've bored everyone about scrums now, overnight. It's fucking boring. That I know my rugby gym. Um, I know my scrums because I'm built like a prop. So there we go. I keep accidentally drinking Goody's drink. And realising it tastes fucking sweet. You got black. He's got blackcurrant in his Guinness. Blackcurrant. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Shocking. More carb. Chop black. it. You're right. Amen. So one of the things of uh, Graves' disease is you're not allowed three, four things. I can't count, Miss Good. Um, so you're not allowed beer, coffee, or nicotine. They're the three things you can't have. And look at me. I'm I'm out drinking. <laughs> On tablets. Okay, sorry, just quickly, I just wanted to make, we, we were talking about Montpellier. So whoever listens to the podcast, who listened to the first podcast, if not, I'll recap. So we, we told a story, true story, about um, one of our pre-season tours with Vern Cotter before the World Cup, where we walked to a mountain, massacred loads of rabbits. You remember it? So made the front, yeah, so made the front, I'm not going to tell it again, made the front page of all the Scotland national press. I was like a national hero, I don't know why, off the back of that. Um, but anyway, it, it, it catapulted the podcast to, to where it is now. So I went to Montpellier at the weekend with my wife. Uh, we went on Friday morning. And I said, to, I said to her, we're driving down. I said, imagine if we saw Vern when we're in Montpellier. She's like, oh, yeah, like, what would you? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't spoke to him. Um, apart from where he said he was going to sue me. Um, <laughs> holy shit. I'm at the airport on Friday. Walk in to literally get on the plane. Vern stood there so you've got to think so i've got this disease at the minute so two of the things are sweating and shaking so I'm, Vern and I'm melting yeah so literally i'm there Vern, oh, yeah, hey mate so a bit nervous anyway he's a scary bloke and i'm literally like fuck it, fuck it. And he's like oh have you got something to say to me i'm like, like shaking like mad i was like i just want to say first i'm ill <laughs> i'm dying i'm so sorry um, but he actually said that in ne next next year, if we keep running the podcast, he's going to come on and defend himself. I don't know how he's going to defend himself. Yeah, because he was fucking swinging them rabbits around. Right? Fuck, I don't know how he's going to defend himself. But yeah, so we saw Vernon Montpellier. He's all good. He just thinks I'm a nervous wreck. See, right. I actually saw him on last week. Uh, he's coaching the Barbars. I went to watch the Barbarians train. Um, and I spoke to him after training, and he was like, how's that skinny fucker Hamilton? Why did I give him so many fucking shit Scotland caps? He gave me two, and we won both of them. Romania and Georgia. Romania and Italy. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> Jim's only two international wins. Well done, Jim. No, I beat Ireland a couple of times. Did you two ever play against each other in internationally? Must have. Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. Shorzy's yeah. like, Talk I've got no cleaners. idea. Who's this kid? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this kid? Yeah. Shorzy, do, do you remember me or not? Seriously. <laughs> well, you don't, he doesn't remember his kid's name, so he's not going to remember British me, Lion he? legend, World Cup winner. Do you know Jim Hamilton? No fucking clue, mate. Yeah, he does. He does. He knows. Anyway. 
All right, let's just rip into the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is where Andy Good tells us what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week. Yeah, oh, uh, not there's not been a massive amount of rugby, has there? So the good, I'm really glad to see Claremont beat uh, Toulon. Sorry, in the final, um, it was a unbelievable final. I was working for Sky Sports, watching it in the studio, and I looked at it and I thought, "Fuck me, those boys are big." Physically, it was immense um, seeing the size of them. Richard Cockerell spoke last week in France about how the top Premiership teams were struggling in the top 14, and you've played there. It's it, physically, it's a it's a fucking war every week, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a world apart. I mean, I went there at 125, 127 kgs, and I was literally one of the lightest in the pack. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, they concentrate everything on on having the biggest guys that they can possibly have, and it's. And yeah, week in, week out, if they were playing in the Premiership, they would struggle for fitness. But you know, when when you know, Premiership sides go over there, they have to contend with that huge size and power. It's it's a, it's, it's a tough tough ask. See, when I went to France for the, I did a season at Montpellier. I sure as I don't know if you ever knew that. But, <laughs> um, that went well, didn't it? It was a big deal over here. Um, <laughs> But, w but when I turned up, so basically they had a sheet of paper, A4 piece of paper, and I trimmed up a little bit. And when I mean trimmed up, I don't mean like now. I, was, I went down from like 128 kgs to about 125. I thought, I want to hit the ground running, turn up in, in good shape. Got called into the office in my first week there. And Fabian was like, Jim, what is this? I was like, what? And he holds up this bit of paper. He's like, we need you big. And I was like, because I was 3K light. He's like, you no play until you get big. And then literally... The fitness coach, I swear to God, was bringing in in the morning bags of croissants. He's like, get these in, you big fella, in French. <laughs> I, th I, didn't, I didn't know whether for me. What fight. is get these in, you big fella, in French? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but so, thank you for the Guinness and the hops. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so basically I had to scrummage on the loose head side, which is the left-hand side of the scrum. And they had a, a guy who was from Cameroon, uh, Charlie, Charlie Watchu. I don't think that was his name. He didn't spell like that. That was his nickname. <laughs> you called him Charlie Bobbins Watch, you, didn't you? <laughs> so he was 138 kgs. And so I was playing 50 minutes and they'd get me off and they went, when you, once you get bigger, you can stay. And I was like, but surely, old Charlie Watch is absolutely fucked. Look at him. He's fucked. He's like, no, get bigger. So I just used to get weigh in in my tray, like, like the opposite to what you did. You'd obviously weigh in just your pants. I was weighing in in like my jacket, shoes, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Well, that's why Breve liked me. They wanted big players, and I fitted that bill, didn't I? As yeah. a 10, just in the wrong kind of way. Um, anyway, so Claremont, obviously, congrats to them. 14th, top 14 final, only their second victory. Um, so I think if you're a neutral and you see the pain they've been through, obviously, um, they lost to the second best team. Um, no, not even second. Third best team in, in England in the Champions Cup final uh, a few weeks before. Um, so great to see them win. The bad... Um, Anyone watch Super Touch Rugby? Super Touch? Watch a bit of that? No, didn't think so. Shit, isn't it? Andy does. Uh, Andy, did you watch the game in, in Apia? In Samoa? Where no one turned up. Yeah. Yeah, because the tickets were too expensive. Yeah, that's pretty bad. You go, to, you go to Samoa, you go back a couple of weeks and they played a game in Fiji, didn't they? And it was ram-packed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I thought it was really, I think tickets were going in Samoa for about 70, 80 quid a pop. It completely defeats the whole purpose of the exercise, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a money-making thing. You're trying to grow the game and take it to areas where there should be potentially a Super 15, Super 28 team yeah. or something like that. As far as as far as sporting organisations go, Sanzar has got the longest way to go when it comes to balancing uh, 
how we can make money versus what's good for the game. Because that, that competition's an absolute joke at the moment. Everyone that watches it knows it's a joke or it doesn't even know what it is because it's so confusing. So, and that just confirms it, going to Arpia and charging the locals that can't even afford to go to the game to try and grow the game, just ridiculous. Yeah, it's gone downhill since I played there, so um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the ugly. Um, anyone see the independent? Anyone see their headline after uh, Anthony Watson scores the winning try for the Lions? The independent, the headline was Anthony Joshua seals unconvincing victory for the Lions. Was that in the UK independent or the New Zealand? It was the, no, the UK. This it is UK. UK. The UK independent, they've mixed up Anthony Joshua with Anthony Watson. They need a new rugby writer. I mean, you've got there one fucking job. There's a picture. One's a fucking boxer and one's a speedy winger. Uh, really bad that was. So the ugly this week goes to the independent. Talking of papers and stuff. And again, I'm not a huge reader. I was more into maths. Because you can't read. <laughs> Carry I, was more, on. I was more into maths. Um, but Shorzy, I'd like for you, I know you know me, I know you. Uh, be interesting to know what you think about the the press and the media surrounding the Lions and the amount of criticism they've got because it all, it's going to be tough anyway. And I imagine a lot of the players, which we didn't when we played, would read the stuff. But the, the criticism they're coming under from both the UK, the, UK, the British press, and more so the, the New Zealand. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you know you're gonna, you, you've got to be prepared for when you go to New Zealand. It's like not only the press get on your back, but every woman, child, fucking granny gets in your ear about how shit you are and how you're going to lose at the weekend so you know it's one of those things you know you're going to have to deal with in New Zealand as well as the incredibly boring painful day in day out monotony of a couple of mountains uh, rugby on the TV and fuck all else entertainment I, I was going to ask there was a more serious thing that I read this morning I tried to read I tried to work out with the pictures that I, I, was, I was seeing but they, they, they're saying that the players are devaluing the Lions shirt by the way in which they played. I know you mentioned about that. I just think, I mean, Andy, what do you, we spoke about it before, about the Kiwi press. Do you think it's a way in which they, they're trying to get under the skin? I'm hosting this shit now, look at me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Jim. Um, th thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. Um, I, I think like the the Kiwi press is more interested about um, actually the, the, the opinions from the Lions, whereas I think the, uh, the the British press is more interested in headlines. And I think when the British press ask their questions, uh, they're going down the lines of trying to trying to dig out a bigger story. Whereas there's so much hype, and there is respect around the Lions from from New Zealand fans. And when the Lions don't uh, deliver. It's a, it's a massive letdown because we've been talking about this. As you said, we've got fuck all but, but mountains to talk about. And, and we've been talking about this tour since the last Rugby World Cup. So when they come out and they don't deliver against a team of builders and architects and, um, and, and people that don't even play rugby, um, then, then it's disappointing for, for So for bored of the arrogance of New Zealand. It's fucking terrible. Generally, though, and this is the thing you talk about, you say, as New Zealanders, and I'm sure there's some Kiwis in here, um, and you talk about the fact that you've been t all you've been talking about in New Zealand since the World Cup, um, which you luckily won because we didn't kick that goal against Wales. We'd have definitely beaten New Zealand at some point. Um, but you say all you've been talking about is the Lions tour. And then 
the poll comes out that says, was it 75% of Kiwis couldn't even name one British Lions player? Does that mean you're a little bit inbred? Talking of that. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to name one Brit British Lions player. Like, I don't even know who they are, mate. <laughs> no one cares. No, no, honestly, though, um, it, a lot of people do... Like, I don't know who they, who they asked about that, but it's more about the mystique of the Lions. You talk about the mystique of the all-black jersey a lot, about how we've, we've lost the mystique of the all-black jersey and, like, because it's so commercialised now. But the, the mystique is still there with the Lions and, and people know the jersey more than the players. And you know, we've got mountains to worry about, not players. Hey, talking so, of that, hang on. Did you see Kieran Reid? I don't know if you've seen the thing that I posted. So basically, and, and a guy who's working for Rugby Pass, where we're going out to New Zealand next week with, asked Kieran Reid. We didn't ask him, he told him. He said, Jim Hamilton's been called up. Shit himself. I think his real answer, is, have you heard of him? He's like, yeah, mate, I think. No, it's a, it's a long name. <laughs> did you see it or not? I, I did see it. You I tweeted did. about it. Yeah, And exactly. you tweeted me back. But what was and basically, he said... Like Simon Shaw, I haven't got a fucking clue who he is. <laughs> he did not say that. He looks worried. But do you know what? Do you think he actually knew many of the players? He was like, yeah, um, Sam. Sam's a world-class player. Does it sound Kiwi? Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, he said he didn't, it seemed like he didn't know any of the players. You reckon sure? <laughs> no, he didn't. And I think, in reality, he thought, oh, shit, what was the last team that toured here and he went back to Wales last year and he went yeah that's Sam Feller he's pretty good eh <laughs> um, and then Toby Feller Towie he couldn't even name his name properly yeah he's a good boy he's um, a good boy yeah but that's the, that's the you know that's the Kiwi way they're fucking arrogant um, <laughs> well they are about rugby yes true or not guilty guilty, <laughs> guilty. yeah <laughs> I mean we've been built on success why wouldn't you be arrogant I mean oh, oh. Built on a lot of failure before you've won the last two World Cups, let's be honest. But now McCaw's gone. The last, the last how many World Cups? Sorry, mate. <laughs> 03. That's what we've got. 03. How many shows it? It's what he's got. He's got. He's got. It. He's he's got. got. <laughs> I got a lot of air miles, is what I got. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, we're going to almost wrap it up. But before we get to that, we're, uh, we're going to talk about Tweet Roulette. We're going to go back to Andy Good's phone and, and we're going to find out what Jim Hamilton got up to on Andy Good's Twitter. So this generally sums Jim up. So he took the piss out of me about messaging Nigel Farage. But Nigel messaged me first. That's the truth of it. Nigel messaged you first? Yeah, he did. I'll read it to you. Um, Andy, no, you, Andy you've had an amazing career. <laughs> He's talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> You've been an international stalwart. Who the fuck is Johnny Wilkinson? <laughs> no, anyway, um, going back to the, the private message that uh, Jim sent to Nigel Farage, that was the punishment. It felt so personal. It felt so real when I was texting him. Listen to this. Hi, Nigel. Can you please follow at Jim Hamilton for <laughs> the hero? Did I put that? He's now thinking about getting into politics and is a bit of a national treasure. For who? Fucking Scotland. <laughs> the, the UK. He hates the SNP, mate. What are you on about? Does he? I don't know. I'll talk to him about that. Um, 
He's thinking about getting into politics and is a bit of a national treasure and will be a great addition to the political world. P.S. Great job, again. P.S. Great job. P.S. Great job. <laughs> I love you, Nigel. <laughs> Did he reply? Uh, no reply. No reply. Okay. We didn't reply to you for four messages, so I might message him again. All right, thank you all so much for coming to our live rugby podcast. Thank you very much to Rugby Pass for sponsoring us, and thank you very much to the Walkabout Temple. Um, and uh, thank you to you guys, because uh, you guys are what make the show. You guys are the ones that subscribe and listen. So uh, make sure you tell your friends about us on Twitter if you can. Um, and uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you guys again. Thank you. Thank you.